Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Um, everybody's seen, at least on the, the group and whatnot for Second Chance, I am now sold out of large shirts. So, and as of yesterday, it would have been it doesn't even matter I'm, I'm i run a week behind you guys don't care um all the all the shirts have been shipped so except for the ones except for the promo give me ones that i promised a few people which is cool whatever you'll get them in the next week or so um i do want to say there are a few rides happening one is the conan from smog he's putting one on in south kekalecki that a lot of people know about already, but there's a second one that's happening that I did mention. It's from uh, Cat, who has the most screwed up spelling for Cat. Yeah, that's right. It still haunts me to this day whenever I see it, Cat. Um, a part of the Dirty Burning Broads. They're in uh, New Haven, Connecticut on September 19th. Um, they are doing a ride up there. I don't have much information, but if you look up Dirty Burning Broads, Dirty burning broads on instagram you'll see their flyer uh bunch of nice people i've had nothing but positive experiences but no for the most part we've all had really positive experiences with mopeders um i also want to say by the time this is released uh and maybe by the time they hear it i want to say congratulations to aaron and jason um they're getting married on september 18th and they're having their little shindig and i want to say congratulations i hope you guys nothing but the best uh i apologize for locking you out of your house yes that happened not and they didn't even make a big deal out of it thank you guys very much i tried to be helpful and i locked you out so yeah um i have a get the first person from the minnesota scene really on the podcast this week and john is he's he's a minnesota guy but he's not a minnesota guy he he imported here and there's a he's one of the names that i think he started getting brought up in the first couple episodes and sometimes you know you get in a hurry you kind of pull on somebody's shoulder hey can you help me all quick and john's a busy guy because he's got a lot of great interests in his life but um he we finally got our schedules lined up and um I forgot how rad of a guy was. Uh, I planned a little ride this past week. Um, it was just a long moped ride. I love long moped rides. So I threw a thing out on the Minnesota page. You know, I figured one person, two person might show up. We had a good five or six group. We did an 80 some mile ride. It was to, it was to Minneapolis to Stillwater, Minnesota and back. And I think people kind of enjoyed it for the most part. My stress and anxiety always goes high when I'm leading, especially you know, I haven't done a whole heck of a lot, but back to the guest at hand, he was on the ride and he started telling the stories and I thought, God, I got to get him on. And like, it just happened to be where everything lined up. So I want to introduce this week's guest, Kansas John. Would you like to introduce hey. yourself as well, sir? Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, Kansas is one of these people. I Everybody has something bad to say about everybody. It seems like we can all say... I've never heard one bad thing about Kansas, John. Um, so Kansas, as you know, <laughs> you're actually one of the first people I really 
met in the Minnesota moped scene. Um, Is that true? Yes. It was Chris Weber, maybe Chol, and then like that first stop on our Thursday ride, you sat at my table. Me, you, and some other fella, I forget who it was, and I started asking about a certain type of carburetor, and you brought up, yeah, some people tried those uh, out west, and but anyways, enough about me, more about you. Um, <laughs> here on a Second Chance, a Moped Podcast, we get into what happened, i.e. the very first time you saw a moped. You know, not necessarily getting on, but you consciously remember seeing a moped. And kind of that transition from like the first time getting on Smile Ride and that first early journey. So do you kind of want to tell us where you're from and what all happened with the, with the first time you saw a moped? Sure. So I grew up in central Kansas in a a really small town, about 500 people called Gossel, Kansas. It's about an hour north of Wichita, not really near much at all. Uh, and I was going, going to school near there. I must have been about 20 or 21, maybe. Uh, it was 2017. And I, I wanted a way to get around town, but I didn't really want to drive a car. And I, I thought what I wanted was a scooter. So I started hanging around some like old motorcycle shops that were nearby and, and asking about mopeds. And I used the word moped at the time because I didn't know the difference. Like a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. um, but then I started Googling moped and found Moped Army. And I was like, whoa, this isn't what I was looking for, but this is something else. And I think I'm really into it. Um, Oh, not to, not 2017, 2007. Sorry, I was gonna say, dude, you've been around longer than that. Like, <laughs> just a, just a decade off. It happens. It happens when you've been in mopeds this long. You just lose track of time. Um, so I I I found Moped Army, and I was like, what are these things, and what are these people doing with them? And I was like, I don't, I I've never seen one of these, but I want one. I want one bad. Mm -hmm. And so I started you know, looking on eBay uh, to see what I wanted. And I was already like annoying all of my friends all of the time who knew nothing about mopeds. And they're like, what is John talking about? Like nonstop just talking about, oh my gosh, there are these French mopeds. Oh my gosh, there are these Italian mopeds. Oh my gosh, there are these Austrian mopeds. Um, and I got, I found on eBay at the time uh, a Cro-Mag, which is the bike that I, uh, still ride currently. That's the yellow one now. Mm -hmm. um, I I bought it for like four hundred dollars, and I drove to Emporia, which is another town in Kansas. Uh, and it was it so you're been out late. in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Like I know yeah. where Emporia. Like the only thing they they've gotten kind of put on the map because of a NASCAR driver. And if you don't follow NASCAR, it doesn't mean anything to you. So. Yeah, so I, I drove out to Emporia and picked up this moped from this guy, didn't run, I paid $400 for it, put it in the back of the minivan and started driving home on, uh, on Highway 50, which kind of has the local nickname, the Highway of Death. It's a two-lane highway with a fair amount of curves, uh, and they're not really banked, okay. um, and people just like get hit by like oncoming semis all the time. So I'm driving my moped home, you know. I had no idea how to strap it, so it was just flapping around in the back of the in the back of the minivan, and there was a blizzard. And a so, blizzard was. There's always a blizzard I, or something going I'm, on. Like, 
So I'm like hauling this, like my most precious cargo, this like thing I've been obsessing over for months, like just trying to like not turn too hard, both not to flip the moped over in the back of the minivan and also not to slide off these curves because I'm passing like cars left and right who slid off the road. So, uh, so I get it home and that was, that was my first moped, really my first encounter. I hadn't met any other moped people in real life. I hadn't seen any other mopeds. The first one that I saw in person was mine. Um, and I, rad, you know, dude. did as much research as I could and how to work on it, but that's, I'd never worked on motors before. And so I was just kind of starting square one. I was going to kind of ask you, what's your family background? Cause I mean, some people, not so much, but a lot, I think at least 50 to 70% of us come from parents with some type of mechanical background and it rubs off in one form or another. So what was like your parents, what was it kind of like in your household growing up a little bit? Well, I learned, ironically, I learned all my mechanical aptitude. Well, maybe not ironically, but I learned all my mechanical aptitude from my mom. Um, She is the much more like hands-on maker of things in my family. She's a pediatric physical therapist and then my dad has been a pastor most of my life so he has like all of the like listening and interpersonal skills uh but like most of my mechanical aptitude I got from my mom but we didn't really work on motors we if you know if the lawnmower broke we took it to the shop so I didn't have any sort of working on uh on motor skills when I started. It was it was a, a whole a whole new adventure. Yeah, and that's pretty rad because like that's what's so awesome about mopeds and like you don't have to know anything to get into this. Like I say it all the time. I've been around small engines since I was a kid, blah blah blah. But you don't have to. Like and you're a prime example like about about that. Like your family probably didn't maybe owned a wrench set if that and you know you hear you are so yeah that's rad dude yeah it was it was it was fun I definitely had the curiosity for it you know I had it I had this thing I was reading the moped wikipedia didn't exist at that point so I was just reading as much as I could on the forums and like Fred's guide which I think is still kicking around but I remember one day like sitting out on on my deck and having my moped out there and just looking at it I mean like man this thing is rad doesn't run i don't know why but i should probably figure out how it works if i'm going to fix that and i was like well i'm just going to start i'm just going to start taking off bolts i'm just going to start taking off nuts and bolts uh and see what's inside this this you know mysterious uh internal combustion engine that i don't understand and i remember like pulling the head off uh and being like okay that that I've heard about pistons. I'll bet that's what that is. Okay. It goes up and down in this thing. All right. And I don't know how I didn't break my piston ring. Cause I remember taking the cylinder off as like a completely fresh, like noob. And like, I, I, I think it's a miracle that I didn't break my rings yeah. uh, right then and there, but I did manage to get it back on. <laughs> Well, you're probably so new and like saw that like when you went to slide the cylinder back on, oh, they're kind of crimping and I got to be careful. And so, I mean, granted, I mean, everybody's new, but everybody, especially if you get a moped, you got, and you're a human being, you got a little common sense. Wait a minute. This isn't fitting on. I have to adjust something. Um, 
but yeah, dude, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and then it was, uh, you know, I did everything I could uh, to start. I like cleaned the carburetor. I cleaned it again and again and again. No, when you cleaned um, the carburetor, were you just hosing it down on the outside, thinking you were cleaning? No, it no, I fully <laughs> disassembled it, soaked okay. all of the parts in carb cleaner. Yeah. I was like, this. It, <laughs> You know, all the guides say that it's probably just a dirty carburetor, so I just probably need to clean it again. Um, and then uh, eventually uh, I went, I took it to, there was a rally in Kansas City at that time of this gang called the Breakfast Mafia, which hasn't existed for a long time. Um, and uh, and this guy uh he went by the name Bryce, the guy on the forums. His name is Brian. Um, I brought my moped and I was like, yeah, it doesn't run, but I just want to hang out with some other moped people. And he's like, Oh, well, like, what's it not doing? And I told him and he was like, well, I think you probably, you know, let me try something. So like he fixed it and then it ran and then we went on the ride and then it broke down again. And then people on the forums eventually but you got to me. ride dude. So that's fucking yeah. rad. Like that. Yeah. That was, that was, that was great. But, uh, it eventually be, ended up the, the, what was keeping it from running was that the ignition coil wasn't grounded and I had to run a dedicated ground and Alexis Ford, who uh, was a member of the guns at the time. Uh, I really just really over all the thanks in the world for, you know, I was posting on the repair forums over and over cluttering things up, you know, with these questions um, and she like took the time to like personally message me and was like, Hey, like whenever I can't get spark, I, I start checking all of my grounds and that is the first thing that I would do. And that's what it ended up being. So I, I always am, uh, am thankful for that bit of help because it was pretty foundational for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you went to your first rally, you're getting advice from other people. You're not, we're not going to, we're just going to let this go. Nobody's what are people calling you at this point? Is it just John or do you have any sort yeah. of name? Cause obviously yeah, you're well, not I getting wasn't... called Kansas John in Kansas. No, you don't get called Kansas John in Kansas. Uh, it's uh, no, people just called me John and I didn't really have a crew yet. I was still just on my own out there. And when I finished school, that was a, actually that was a big deciding factor for me as I was like, at that time, like what were you there going to weren't, school for, John? Uh, I, I actually came out with an English degree with an emphasis on poetry. That is, that is my educational background, um, which, which has not really helped me in my locksmithing career, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, where were we? Oh, no crew. Yeah. So, uh, when I got done with school, I, I was like, well, I got to move and I, I want to move somewhere where there's a moped army gang where there's a moped army branch, because at that time there were not a whole lot of unofficial gangs. And it felt like at that time in 2007, like if you wanted to do mopeds with other people, you needed to live in a major city with an existing moped gang. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that really influenced my decision of where to move to. So I was doing the, I decided to do two years of the AmeriCorps program um, after, after school. And so I was like, okay, where are there AmeriCorps opportunities and a Moped Army gang? And it happened that the two things 
like the place that I could go that had those two things, those two opportunities for me was Elkhart, Indiana, and the branch was Motion Left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you had, yeah, I think you had Devin on. So Devin yeah. uh, was a driving force behind Motion Left. And so I was like, well, this is where I'm going to go because there's a Moped Army gang and uh, I can do the volunteering that I want to do. Yeah, and I could see, I hadn't been to Elkhart, Indiana for honestly 20 years, and I went through there this past year. Like, I could understand how that'd be easier for you to move to as, as, you know, a Kansas kid versus moving to like a Chicago or a New York or something like that. Like, because you're not too far from these big cities, but like, it's still the security of a small town and not quite as overwhelming. Yeah. And it was at, at that time, Elkhart was a pretty cool place to be because of how close it was to a bunch of other gangs. Mm-hmm. Like at that time, like Michigan had a whole ton of gangs. So there were like the guns in Ypsilanti. There were the ghost riders in Grand Rapids. There was the Decepticons in Kalamazoo. There was uh, Petty Cash in Chicago. There was um, uh, TBS, the Bombardment Society in Cincinnati. There was uh, the Bourbon Bandits in Louisville, yeah. and there was an there was an unofficial gang, the Bropeds. The Bropeds were in um, oh Southern Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana, I think. Okay, but all of those gangs were within five hours. Yeah, drive. That's awesome. So it was so easy, especially because I was hanging out with other moped kids, so I could be like hey, does anybody want to go to this rally this weekend? And inevitably, somebody would. And I got to go to so many rallies that year. Um, that's awesome. And so you are you moved to Elkhart. Um, you're, hey, you're going to rallies. Um, how did you kind of fall into motion left then? Did you just – how did that evolution come? Did you just start hanging – did they have a weekly meetup? Did they kind of have a scene going? Or, like, what – tell me about that kind of progression. Well, at that time, they had a dedicated club shop space that Devin owned and was operating a moped sort of sales and repair business out of. Um, and so I just I, – I was like, this is why I moved here – or why I moved here, this is where I'm going to go. So I wandered into the shop you know, where Devin was and, you know, he was like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, and I just started looking at stuff because it was so many mopeds in one place. And I'd never seen, you know, and Devin, I don't know if he still does, but at that time uh, had a lot of really cool, like dealer moped, old moped dealer displays um, and just really some really cool bikes. Um, that were restored and, and had tons of performance pipes. And I was just, you know, blown away and thought this was so, so, so cool. And just like, I don't know if you've had this experience when you first start, when you first start into mopeds, you're just on fire and you can just kind of unload on people about mopeds because you haven't had someone to talk to about it. So as soon as you meet another moped person, you're just like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. Dude, I'm start, still like, like that. What are you talking about? I think gushing. I annoyed some people with that. <laughs> but I remember just gushing about mopeds to Devin. Was like, well, actually, I have a 1978 Chrome, and I, I, uh, I put this on it, and I put this on it, and I've been doing this. And he was like, oh, cool, man. Well, you should come <laughs> hang out. <laughs> and it was very kind to me, which I appreciate. 
Devin um, is a super kind guy. If, if for those like you know him way better than me, mm-hmm. um, but like Devin and I, like he was one of my first guests on the podcast. I still talk to Devin, and he still gets back to me. And Devin could be making an appearance somewhere in the moped world here in the next month or so. I, yeah, Devin, I'm calling you out on that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I my experiences with Devin have been nothing but positive, and that's what I'll say. Yeah, it was it was it was very generous of him to host like the club, all the hangouts at his like basically his business. And, you know, we were your typical moped hooligans. Like, we would, you know, break and do, you know, (laughs) rowdy hooligan moped stuff. (laughs) You know, be be drinking and chatting late into the night. And then we're just going to see who can throw the rear sprocket hard enough to stick it in the drywall on the ceiling. You know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, I, I don't know there are there are a lot of really fantastic times uh in that shop uh with the folks in that gang i have i have just the fondest memories of motion left uh at that time we we really and that is to get back to your original question this is a long rambling way to get at it but that is uh that is where i picked up the nickname kansas john is uh so at that time at motion left uh, Philip Petrie uh, had been around and hanging out and was known in the scene, and he had the nickname Responsible John. Yeah, um, you brought him up the other day. I'm like, dude, that's fucking rad. Yeah, and <laughs> Phil is still around. Um, I saw him, I think I told you, I saw him at the Omaha rally a couple of years back, which was just such a blast from the past. He's a, he's a fun guy. That would be another interesting person to talk to. But uh, Phil had already been there and had already gotten the name Responsible John. So there was kind of a, a trend already of, of, you know, of a nickname. And at some point, I don't know if it was Joey Smith suggested Kansas John, and everyone just kind of glommed onto it. <laughs> um, and I like, to, I like to joke that, like, you know, I was, I was so like clearly from Kansas that people in another Midwestern state, people in Indiana said yeah. that guy is from Kansas yeah. uh, and, and Kansas John it was. Uh, and then that, that name just stuck. Yeah. I've got somehow like, yeah, I've got Minnesota gym going for me in other States now. So there you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're, you're hanging around motion left. You're, doing the AmeriCorps thing, um, mm-hmm. you're hitting rallies. Um, how long, like, what's your, what's your kind of moped? You've never, we haven't talked a lot. So I'm wondering, do you ever get the hoarder bug into mopeds at any point? Like where we all, we all kind of, I can't say we all, but some of us just want to start collecting bikes. And are, is that bug itching you right now at that point? Or you just want to keep really your bike running? Because that never really hit me because when I started, I was so mobile. Like I was such a transitional part of my life. I was like, I mean, doing this volunteering thing, like my folks had left Kansas. So it wasn't like there was a home to go back to. So I was like, I, you know, I can go anywhere. Um, And so I was like, I can't, I can't have a lot of stuff. So like when I moved from Kansas to Indiana, I took my moped all the way apart. 
and put everything that I could in a bike box and mailed that ahead of me. Um, and the stuff I couldn't, I couldn't fit the front wheel in there. Mm. So I put the front wheel on a strap and threw it across, threw it across my back and took the moved on the train up there. So I took the train from Newton, Kansas to Chicago, uh, down to, uh, down to Elkhart, Indiana with a moped front wheel strapped to my front, strapped on my back, like two toolboxes and a huge duffel bag full of all of my clothes. Um, and then, that shit then when I left, so fucking happy, dude, like I'm just smiling <laughs> ear to ear right now. Like, fuck dude. Like anybody who says I can't get there or do this, fuck that man. Like listen to some of these stories and that's, that's yeah. the shit I love. There's always a way. That was the I and like when I was moving from uh from Indiana to Seattle, which is where I moved to next, mm-hmm. um I used are you familiar with U ship? I don't know if it's still around. I you know, I, I always wanna uh, associate with people and correlate with them and I will bullshit and say, Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. I've heard of yeah. Basically U ship is a place where truck drivers or other people who are driving large vehicles cross country will post up and say like, Hey, I've got space in my vehicle. I'm going from here to here. If you want to pay me the rates, I will take something for you. Mm-hmm. So I got hooked up with UShip. I, I got a pallet. I put my moped and everything else that I owned on that mm-hmm. pallet and shrink wrapped it and loaded it into a stranger's semi uh, and sent it to a place that I had never been before. Um, I sent it to I sent it to Matt Smith in the Mosquito Fleet because I contacted the Mosquito Fleet. And I was like, "Hey, I'm moving to Seattle. I need to ship my moped there ahead of me. Does anyone have a loading dock where at their work where they could receive it?" And Matt mm-hmm. Smith was like, "Yeah, I got that." And what I was like, "This John, just so I can kind of keep a little time frame." Okay, so this is like 2000. Eight, this is late 2008 early 2009 okay so i was only really in elkhart for about a year okay but you did magical... you, yeah, yeah you were a member of motion left then are okay yeah i became a member of motion left not long after moving there they we we hung out twice a week and it wasn't long before they were like we think kansas john should be in motion left and i i was over the moon because i didn't expect to be to be voted in so quickly. <laughs> well, dude, you're such a fucking likable guy. I mean, oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> no, dude, you are. Um, so you make the. How come you decided to move out? It was Portland, correct? Uh, Seattle. Seattle. How Basically, come you made the, the move. Uh, I was doing another term of AmeriCorps, and that was where my opportunity was. And it was a city with a moped army gang. Okay. And I'd also never at that point really lived in a major city. And like, I was like, okay, I grew up in this super tiny town. I've lived in Elkhart, which is like kind of a medium sized town. I think it's time to see what city life is all about. Um, So we'll just stop for a second. Like when you're in Elkhart, I realize you're doing the AmeriCorps thing. So you don't have a ton of money. Like what was your oh, farthest? Yeah. What was your like long journey to a? What was the farthest out you got to a rally when you were in Elkhart? Like did that you get to New York or anything like that? Or no, some guys from New York rode through on their way to a Chicago rally. But I, 
yeah, I did not have a lot of money then um, at all, which is why I was sort of dependent on other people in the gang who are already going to rallies that I could just sort of glom onto um, and take advantage of their goodwill. Um, but uh, I think the farthest away was the first ride that I went to. I think that was Louisville. We did this thing called the Bomb Bourbon Run, where the Bombardment Society, TBS from Cincinnati, would gather and start riding south. And the kids in Louisville would gather and start riding north. And they would meet at a state park in the middle. That's um, rad. It was so cool. It was also in late fall and very cold <laughs> um, on the way back. But that was like my first ride with sort of official moped army people. And uh, it was a it was a long, long ride. I'm not I'm not sure how many miles it was. I'm gonna see if I can look that up right now. But it was it was a I don't know if it was strenuous, but it was it was for sure long. But that was probably the farthest I traveled to go anywhere was Louisville. And that's way before everybody really has earbuds in and listening to streaming music. So, I mean, we're, I, I don't mind, I can go either way. I can go, you know, listen to Pandora on the ride, or I can just listen to the tune of the motor. I know like last year when we did the tip, like my cell phone service cut out. So I just, for four hours, it was listening to the tune of the motor and I'm just kind of killing time. So John can actually look up his mileage. So well, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate you vamping for me here. Hey, um, it was all out with the best of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. And I also didn't, I also didn't have like a four wheeled vehicle at the time at all. Like my moped was my only form of transportation. Um, and I, uh, so I didn't have a van. I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything. So like one time when we went down to Louisville, like I got my friend Aaron, I was like, can we go to Louisville for bomb? Or no, it wasn't Louisville. It was Cincinnati for bomb prom. And I asked other people in the gang and they didn't really want to go. And I was like, I want to go. And, and uh, Aaron was like, well, like I only really have this like Pontiac sedan, but I guess I'll get a hitch mounted to it. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's this amazing photo uh, our our friend Lori also decided to come with us. There's this amazing photo of us behind his, behind his, I don't, I don't know if it was a Pontiac Bonneville or what it was, but with like a hitch, a hitch mounted rack with three mopeds on it and the suspension totally bottomed out. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Bonneville. I'm seeing rust. I'm seeing the ass end just dragging on the ground. Cause those things are yep. dragging regardless and they're rusting out. Then you throw three mopeds on the back, dude. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, apparently it's about a hundred miles from, uh, from Cincinnati to Louisville on the interstate. So I think it must've been probably about a 60 or 70 mile ride on back roads. Cause I remember it taking the better part of the day. Mm-hmm. Like we were riding most of the day to get, uh, to get uh, to that campsite, wherever that was. Maybe it was big Oaks. I don't know. <laughs> But no, I've, and that's the stuff I miss. And like, I, hopefully like I I'm, I'm cheerleading this whole thing on like 2021 when we get shit figured out and we can all be together. I I'd like to see stuff like that happen again, where, you know, rallies meet in the middle, if you will. 
Um, I think I, I don't know if this is podcast talk, but I think it would be really, really lovely to see if we can work something out with the, uh, with the South Dakota folks this year and do a maybe meet in the middle between Twin Cities. No. <laughs> no, you don't want to fucking... How about, you haven't listened to the podcast up. I grew up down there. I love you, Green Bastards. I don't want to fucking ride to... Let's go to the Cranks. I'm telling you. Milwaukee <laughs> would be better. Because <laughs> you're talking yeah. farmland and fat. Flat. It'd be like riding in Kansas, Kansas, John. It's just flat. Yeah. It's just flat. I can't just... Flat. Like, <laughs> no. no, dude, that'd be rad. I, you know me. I fucking somebody throws a ride out. I'm there. So whatever. Yeah, no, it was. I, I, I really like the concept of the meet in the middle ride. Um, I, I, I would like it if more people did those because I think it's a, you know, it's a camp. Usually a camping rally, so it mm-hmm. weeds out um, people who you know are only really there to party and brings out people who kind of enjoy riding more, and. I think it's important that there be events that are, you know, it's great that there are moped events that are like big parties. I think that's super fun. But I also think it's important that we have these events that are predominantly about riding. Yeah, yeah, dude, totally. Um, Like, like I said, like some of my, my favorite times this past year has just been on a moped riding, just listening to that motor sing and just, working shit out in my brain i mean that's just that's that's me though um so you make it out to we'll, we'll kind of jump back onto your journey again sure. you're you threw this you got this you contacted mosquito fleet you mm-hmm. put everything you own on a pallet shrink wrap it up send it out there um yep. how how's that how's the journey go for you getting out there then and what what's what's the next six months to a year like um, I was, well, I was volunteering again and like even more poor than I was before. Um, <laughs> because and, there's a big price difference of living in uh, Seattle to Elkhart, Indiana. Yeah. The, the program that I was in uh, uh, worked, the way it worked was, uh, or the way that I did it, was I lived in a house with other volunteers and like food housing and insurance were taken care of like the nonprofits that we worked for covered those i worked for habitat for humanity in seattle awesome um, thank you very much for your work and oh, it was it was great it was great experience i would i would recommend the america program to anyone uh who is who is looking to volunteer in sort of a full-time capacity um but uh so i was living in a house with other volunteers our stipends from our nonprofits that we work for paid for food, housing, and insurance. Um, and then like we, we sort of focused on living simply. So like my spending money, my first year uh, was $50 a month. And the second year was $75 a month. And I remember like doing some cost calculations as I went out you know, before I went out, I was like, okay, well, like, I'll bet, I'll bet a beer at a bar costs like $5 in Seattle. And if I go to the moped meetup every week, that'll be, you know, that yeah. many dollars. And then it was like, gotta add tip, 
mm-hmm. and like just just crunching the numbers of like how much <laughs> of my money will be devoted to the moped lifestyle. Oh, all of your monies will be <laughs> devoted, Kansas John. We already—that's a zero-sum equation right there. Yeah. Well, and and it's a theme, but other people have been so. Just the gangs I've been in, the moped people I've countered have just, I'm sure you've encountered this as well, have all just been so incredibly generous uh, and welcoming. And I'm just so grateful for all of that. Um, like in Elkhart, uh, the gang was like, I, we were in a rally planning meeting and I was in charge of shirts or something. So like I said my piece about what we were doing with shirts and I was getting ready to close the meeting. And they're like, actually, there's another item of business that we have to discuss before we close this meeting. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't know about that. What's up? And they're like, Kansas John, we're tired of hearing about what you would do if you powder coated your moped. So we're going to get your moped powder coated for you. <laughs> um, and awesome. that is, that is, that is the yellow bike that I have now and still ride. Um, they did a good job because that thing is still it, clean as fuck. It still is gorgeous. The, the powder coating, I don't know who they had did it. It was whoever Devin was having do bikes at that time did an incredible job. And I'm just forever grateful to the generosity of, uh, of motion left in that. And like, it's one of those things where I can, I can never sell that bike. Like no, I'm going to have, fuck that, that, dude. I'm gonna have like, that bike till the day I die. Yeah. And I love that bike, dude. Like it's like, I tell everybody every week on this podcast, I love low shit and that is a low bike. So dude, I love it. <laughs> thanks but uh but yeah so i was in i was in seattle i you know was poor but i was riding um mosquito fleet uh voted to transfer my membership um from motion left to mosquito fleet um and so then i was in and then i was doing moped stuff with mosquito fleet right on um what was not not to and we always keep this a very positive outlet and what um not to throw shade on anybody and i don't care to hear shade like what were what were kind of the differences in like motion left mopeds versus mosquito fleet like was it more was it more like in town riding stuff or we're gonna like because i've noticed each club or each gang has kind of their own niche if you will like what was what's mosquito fleet's kind of niche well, I think you're absolutely right in that just like different gangs have different vibes. Um, and I think some of that has to do with like the maturity of the gang, like how long the gang has been around. Because that's one thing that I've noticed about sort of moped gangs over time is often there will be like a lot of young folks who are super fired up about mopeds and just want to live that moped lifestyle. And so they get together and get a house and then then it's a moped house where you're, you know, putting engine cases in the dishwasher and like starting fires in the front yard and like having a grand old time. Uh, But like the moped house seems to be a phase of like gang life. Mm -hmm. Like often like older gangs like started as a, as a moped house or several moped houses. And then over time that falls away as people kind of age out or get married or whatever. But, um, I got to Seattle sort of just after the end of the moped house era for Mosquito Fleet. So it, Mosquito Fleet is old. They've been around since I think 2001. You might double check me on that, yeah. but, or somebody might double check me on that, but 
they were already like a pretty established mature gang at that point. I know they're an old group. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was, and motion left had been around too, but mosquito fleet just had a more sort of mature, sure of themselves uh, feel to the gang. Um, They were, there was, I mean, it's still mopeds, but it, I would say it was not as, uh, perhaps not as rowdy uh, <laughs> as as my days with Motion left. Um, well, I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but it's kind of the difference between hanging out with a 21-year-old versus a 35-year-old. Is that kind of like, I mean, just, they're, they're the same person, but they're just different. I mean, not not one's not better or worse, but like, it's just different. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would say that some of the some of the folks in Mosquito Fleet had just yeah been around the scene uh, for longer, and there were more of them that had been around the scene for longer. And it was really cool to come into that because, like, as a mature moped gang, they they had already built like a lot of really rad and innovative bikes, and just had this like wealth of knowledge. Uh, about mopeds that was already baked in when I got there. Yeah. So that was really cool to come into. Like, you know, Naz, Michael, Michael Mike Nazaroff, man, so it's nice they named him twice, uh, <laughs> is based out of Seattle. And he has been a moped wizard for, for quite some time. Um, and it was a real treat to be able to have access to, to him regularly and, you know, just not even just pick his brain, but also just to hang out with him because he's a super a super pleasant guy and i feel that way about you know everybody in seattle is they they were they were good folks you know and are i just i haven't seen him in a while because i haven't been had time to visit but i know daniel and alex are uh are still holding it down out there in magic touch uh land they're doing great things with that shop awesome um so what you you, you talked about your progression out to seattle you talked about your fit in the group i remember um you told me like oh well you, you don't talk about them a whole heck of a lot when we're out but like you jokingly said they're the rules group oh mosquito fleet yeah yeah they would tell you that, that, that <laughs> i didn't make up that nickname they're rules gang um they i remember as a part of like even i even though I had been a member of Motion Left and was still technically a member of Motion Left when I moved to Seattle, I still had to go through uh, a a prospecting period. It was shorter than the regular prospect period, but I still had to go through it. And then they were like, "Hey, you're probably going to be voted, or you're going to be voted on at this upcoming meeting." Uh, and responsible John Philip Tree was like. I'm going to send you a copy of our bylaws to review um, to make sure that this is something you want to be involved with <laughs> before you join. And there were 12 pages of bylaws. Yeah. Um, and that certain people may laugh at that. Certain people may disagree with that, but I think it works really well for that gang. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it comes out of them being a mature gang, like their experiences of like, Hey, we've had a lot of, like people who want to do stories in the media on our moped groups and we've never liked how we've been represented. So we're creating an official media policy. 
So like if anyone wants to do a story about mosquito fleet, these are, this is what has to happen. And this is in our bylaws or we had, uh, when I first joined, we had, you know, a school bus that the club owned the awful hen that we would take to rallies. And in the bylaws, it sets out, okay, who's responsible for making sure that the bus runs and working on it when it breaks down, who's in charge of like storing the bus when we're not using it rallies, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And it, and it, it eliminates a lot of drama. Yep. Um, I think is what it boils down to, at least for that group, just to have these rules that say like, Hey, dues are due at this time. Uh, unless you've talked to a captain about your circumstance, you know, and, and if you, you know, if you just don't have it and that's that you can talk to a captain about it and that's fine. They're not going to kick you out for not having money, mm -hmm. but if you just don't pay your dues and don't talk to anybody about it, um, a month after dues, dues are due. And if you haven't paid, you're just not a member anymore. You're mm -hmm. just out. And it keeps the membership roles really clean. And it kind of keeps around the people who want to be around, you know? Yeah. And I, I hear that. And I'm, I jokingly, a few, few of my friends um, in different moped gangs and everybody, I'm not affiliated with any moped gang. Um, they have talked about how their rules and like how there needs to be rules, but we need to be chill about the rules as well. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that Walter side of things. Um, does anybody <laughs> care about the goddamn rules here? Like this is a yeah. nom. <laughs> like well, I, should, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that because I've been in nonprofits and I've dealt with, because everybody's got an ego. And if you've got a set of rules and bylaws, it takes that out of it. And I think you've kind of expressed that already. Yeah. And it, you know, it's what we, in the bylaws of the mosquito fleet, you know, we meet every month, every Monday that's milk or they meet every Monday. That's moped Monday. Um, every fourth moped Monday is official moped Monday. And that means that we have an official club business meeting mm -hmm. every month and that's members only. Uh, a lot of times it's really short cause there's not new business, but it, it keeps the club operating at a level where everyone is aware of what's going on um and 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 can be involved if they want to be and you know like the rotation of like responsibilities um it also can help with that sometimes but yeah if you if you enjoy structure it's a it's a fantastic gang and i think i think it does work really well for them or at least yeah. has in my experience yeah, yeah, yeah. um we're kind of going along what roles if any did you fill in mosquitoes fleet while you were there let me ask you that were you just kind of a, were you kind of a person who helped out where you could with your volunteer or? Yeah, I don't know. I, I've just, I'm just a jovial gentleman. That's yeah. really what I bring to any given situation is I'm, <laughs> I feel like a pleasant person to be around. You are. Uh, I, I was just wondering, I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot by any means. I mean, there are those types that like, I, I, in other aspects of my life, they'll, they'll give you this list of resumes for like different, it's like, dude, I don't, okay, rock and roll, like, yeah, uh, and you didn't, you'd never strike me as that person, like, that will tell, that's what I always wow. like, I always like about you, John, like, I didn't know you were, it was like, I didn't understand how long you've been around until I started doing this podcast, and the name Kansas John kept getting brought up, I'm like, well, shit, um, 
and that brings me back to what led you to Minneapolis? Um, well, I, so I grew up in the Midwest and I lived in Seattle and I had a fantastic time in Seattle, but I kind of missed, I, I, I missed, you know, the Midwest. I missed where I grew up. I missed that sensibility. Um, and, uh, I was also just getting priced out of Seattle. Seattle's an mm -hmm. extremely expensive place. Um, and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to afford sort of like long-term, uh, stuff. <laughs> there and uh you know just kind of your usual stuff like my extended family is here in the midwest and then also like i came here i came to to the twin cities to scout it out like before i moved here and i knew that the casserolers were around and so i was when i came to visit to scout it out i was like hey i want to hang out with you guys because while i'm visiting because mopeds are a part of my life and i want to see what the moped scene is like here now, what year is this? Oh, geez, two thousand twelve, probably. Okay. Is that when that was? Maybe twenty fifteen. I don't know. Well, I remember you got it. I just I was at your party when you got brought in, and I want to say that was twenty. Winter of 2018, you got voted in as a casseroler because yeah, because I moved here in 20 in in 2017. Okay, um, so I think I got voted in in early 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I scouted this town years before I moved here. Um, and I so I was getting priced out, and then like the usual stuff of like families closer and the mopeds uh, and and through that meeting i found out oh like the moped scene here is strong and full of like super fun uh fantastic genuine people and that was a big part of my decision to move here is i was, I was like there are a lot of things that i i really love about the twin cities and the moped scene is a part of it and that was part of the reason a part of the reason that i decided to move yeah um it always the Midwest always sucks you back in. Like I always tell everybody. It um, can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you make the move. Um, what was it like getting acclimated to the, the scene in Minnesota? Like you, Grant, you were a Midwest guy, but like you'd never dealt with Minnesota winners. You never dealt with. Um, no. <laughs> there I go talking about the goddamn weather in Minnesota again, Thomas. Well, I, um, honestly, I moved here for that too. Like, oh, I love winter, Jesus I love Christ, super cold weather, and I love snow, and I wanted more. I keep on looking <laughs> at that southeast. I'm like, goddamn, South Carolina and Richmond look really good right about now. Um, so, but it was it was it was an adjustment, sort of in terms of your your writing season is much more defined. Mm -hmm. And I think in general, sort of in the populace of the Twin Cities, people are pretty serious about taking advantage of the nice weather when it's nice. And I appreciate that is that, you know, people are like, it's nice, we're writing. Mm -hmm. Like that is what's happening because we know that we have this long period of un really pretty unwritable weather. Um, like you could you know, like put knobbies or some sort of weird homebrew snow tires on. But like, you know, if it's only a matter of minutes before your exposed skin gets frostbite, like riding isn't a thing you're going to do in reality. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, were you? No, you never mind. Um, so you come in. Um, you move here, twenty seventeen. Um, was that? No, it, you were right. It would have been twenty eighteen. It would have been twenty eighteen. Sorry. Well, you I got voted in. You got voted in. 2018 because i remember i must have moved i must have moved in 2018 because i moved in may well the reason why i'm gonna say 2017 because i showed up to your initiate your shoe party and i was on Mm -hmm. my walker so oh yeah i mean not to make this about me but like yeah yeah, yeah. like no i I remember that yeah i was yeah i was in a lot of pain but you know i wanted to get out of my house so well i remembered yeah, I remember that because you had come to the Duluth rally prior to that, mm-hmm. and that was really, I think, the first event that I'd really, first out-of-town event where I rode with you. Yep. Um, and yeah, like I said, you're one of the first people I remember sitting down and chit-chatting with and seeing um, just an overall genuine guy, and I was really excited for you, like, and I didn't know, again, your story, but like, I, I remember seeing you guys get initiated and being very excited for you because the club life is a big deal. And it's really awesome that you guys got to be involved in that. Um, so a few general questions I ask everybody from the destination you lived at, what is the farthest away you've ever been for a rally? And it doesn't matter. Like if you move, if you lived in Seattle, you went down to LA or, you know what I'm saying? Like what's the farthest rally you've been to? Like time-wise. When I was living in Seattle, I did fly back for a Louisville rally in Kentucky. That's awesome. Um, I I say that getting to experience that one once, and I'll get to experience that again here this when this podcast drops that Friday. If you have the contacts, which a lot of people do, and you have the ability to jump on a plane and then get a loner and jump on somebody else's moped for a ride or a rally, do it. It is so much fun um what's your um what's your experience i i'm trying to word this correctly what's the first time you really had an experience of like i can't believe i'm a part of this right now like sitting back and looking at the scene whether it was a ride or a rally or just the generosity i think you touched on a little bit but like i i get that a lot when i'm riding like i had that the other day when we we're going by the vineyards on that ride and like oh yeah i got to show you guys a little bit of and there's i I took a wrong turn i wish i could have it was good but like what's that experience what was your first experience of like moped utopia or moped bliss that i call i think it was i think i don't know i you know there there are a lot of moments you know that you can call to mind where you're just like where you're just you know fully in that moment and you realize sort of what you're a part of and how awesome it is um an early moment for me was uh there was a red october ride uh the guns were hosting in ypsilanti michigan and i got a loner uh a maxi with uh no fork brace that always pulled hard to the left when you took when you braked um (laughs) But I remember we were riding around this lake and the pack was pretty spread out because it was a long portion of the ride and a long sort of, you know, uninterrupted stretch. And so the blasters were getting separated from people who at that time were still on stock bikes. Believe it or not, there were people still on stock bikes coming to rallies at that point. And, um, and so the pack was kind of spread out. 
and I remember sort of seeing the whole pack from the back of the pack, like go around the lake. And so just a, a stretch of uninterrupted riders, you know, occupying the entire road for like a good portion of this, you know, we were on one side of the lake and we could see people coming around the other side. And I was just, just remembered just being floored and just so excited and thinking like, we are legion. Like there are so many of us. This is incredible. We can do anything. <laughs> that is so freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty rad. Um, so we're going to talk about something. We're going to talk about Rally of the Corn this past year. Oh. <laughs> and you winning the rally bike. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that <laughs> do, was also do you want to kind of walk people through that me. weekend a little bit? Because, like, I know you told me that you were – that was a that, that was kind of a good weekend for you because you told me on the way to the rally you were sewing your casseroler's patch on. Um, oh, yeah. While we were driving, I was sewing it on. I forgot. <laughs> see attention to detail i generally yeah. have um but what was it like i i that was such a fun rally for me um and this is if you remember i kept winning shit that weekend like yeah it, and i'm gonna let the cat out of the bag finally um when we went to buy our tickets i i, I jake kane taught me how to win it how to win at rallies and i'm not gonna let that out um but i bought once i bought my tickets once and then i went to buy again and sharon sold me the tickets and then somebody goes oh do we get an arm length and they said nope buck a ticket and sharon and i just looked at each other and i walked away because she sold me two arm lengths worth of tickets and I got a lot more tickets than everybody else did that weekend, but that's not here nor there. And that was one ticket off from winning, from being in the rally bike. Why don't you kind of walk everybody else through sure. your experience winning? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, so, so yeah, the process of getting that raffle bike itself, uh, it was a magical weekend. I could talk about that, that raffle for, or that rally for a while yeah, um, because it was, it. It was well. It was. It was really, like you said. It was my first. It was my first rally as a casseroler. So, like you said, I was. I had been like sewing the sewing my casseroler's patch like onto my vest on the ride down. Like I got there, and it was really a return to the Midwest for me because you know I had known all these people from Midwest gangs like back in the late two thousands, but it had been, you know, a long time, a decade since almost since I'd been, since I'd been back. So there was this whole scene that I didn't really know almost anyone in. And so it was really exciting to like go down and being like, okay, like this is the moped ecosystem that I'm in now. Like these are the gangs that are in like my geographic region that I'm going to be friends with. And like meeting some of those, some of those people for the first time and like getting a feel for like what their different gang vibes are. Um, and then I also ran into Responsible John at that rally, which was just a blast from the past and like tied everything together for me. So it was a really awesome weekend to begin with. And then we had that raffle and there was a Jurassic Park themed rally, genius rally idea, by the way. Um, and they had three, three mopeds to raffle off. So 
I sat through a rather long, I would say a very rather long raffle. Like they had a lot of stuff to give away. And I, I was like, okay, you know, we're getting to the end. I didn't get anything. That's fine. I put my money in to support the gang. I feel good about that. And I'm like getting ready to walk away really. But they're like, okay, we're going to draw for the bikes. And I was like, well, I might as well hang around. Uh, and my number got pulled and I was like, oh, well, I guess I really am sticking around then because they, because, uh, because Ed had built this fantastic monstrosity. It's a monstrosity of a bike, (laughs) dirt bike, derby, dirt head. Uh, they, they made a, a rally trailer specifically for that bike. Uh, go find it if you, if you have time, because it's hilarious. They did a great job with that. Um, but, uh, I wanted it. It was big. I'm big. It's got a dirt bike. It's a dirt ped. I, I'd kind of been wanting to build a dirt ped. I was like, this is, this is great. Uh, so they, so they're like, we're going to pull three tickets and then we're going to talk about what's going to happen. And I was like, Oh, okay. So another two tickets get drawn. And then they're like, there's a Jurassic park arcade game in Ed's shop. And now the three of you will compete on that arcade game for, uh, for who gets their pick of these three mopeds. And I was, I was stoked. I was like, I played this. I played that arcade game already while we were hanging around at the shop feel like i got a good feel for it Mm -hmm. and like also my like hundreds of hours playing area 51 in an arcade when i was like 15 and 16 i was like oh finally take that mom and dad it paid off (laughs) these skills that i've (laughs) been fostering for a decade (laughs) and uh I, i i went second at the game and i like watched the guy before me and i was like okay yeah, I think I can, I think I can beat that score. And I just really, just really focused in and got in the zone and was like more serious about that than almost anything I've done in my life. <laughs> and just, just like poured everything into it and got a, got a really, really respectable score. Um, <laughs> and got my pick of bikes uh, and then, and then claimed that derby, uh, which I promptly hopped on and ripped down the road uh, without remembering that Nebraska is a helmet state oh, uh, shit. and then ran into a bunch of cops at the gas station and was like, I just, I just won. I just won this. I, I got it. I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going back where I got it. I'm going by. And they're like, yeah, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you'd got popped. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I am normally a, uh, I normally do not ride without helmets, but uh, that time I was just too excited on winning that bike and just like took off down the road as soon as I, as soon as it was running. I can tell you not one person at that rally was disappointed that they didn't win it because you did. Cause like, Hey, there's about five people at that rally that bike actually would have fit. And you were, yeah. yeah, it's a tall bike. So very large. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. So, what's your with the, with COVID fucking everything up for everybody? What's mopeds been like for you this year, John? Uh, mostly, it's been getting stoked on builds. Like it's been like things, projects that have been languishing, you know, on the back burner for years. Uh, you know, finally get 
getting time and attention and love and parts. So like working on my Magnum project, like I built a, I built a new motor for my Pinto uh, or my curl mag, uh, you know, that, that's, that's sort of what mopeds have been like. And then uh, honestly, these longer rides, I think are, are some of the things that I've been enjoying because moped riding is safe. Like we're, we're physically distanced. We're wearing helmets. Like it's one of the activities that I, that I feel like is really accessible. And while some of the socializing, you know, is maybe more iffy, the actual riding is still something that we can do. And so I do, I do enjoy still taking part in that as well as, as well as building. Yeah. Um, so I think, I want to thank you so much. Um, is there, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Like I said, a few times I kind of, I I'm getting better at planning and mapping out, um, this little experiment I call second chance. Um, and yeah, dude, I am glad I was able to have you on and I was, I'm happy, um, that you found time in your schedule to come on. Is there any, I hate fucking this line, but is there anybody you want to say hi to or shout out or Instagram <laughs> handle, Facebook? I know you're not the biggest social media guy, so. No, there's, I mean, there's like a million people I would say hi to. I don't know who's, who's listening out there, but. We have dozens and dozens of followers. No, dude, like it's been pretty, <laughs> it's been really weird because this thing since, uh fourth of july dude like our numbers have like tripled and i that's awesome yeah like i can't thank my producer cassidy um he's a buddy of mine who's not a moped person who i reached out to in a time of need and he's like yeah dude fuck it let's just do this and he's a very talented musician he's a very talented producer and just a really rad guy and i'm gonna get before the season's end i'm gonna destroy his life because i'm gonna get him on a moped Yeah, it's going to be fucking over for that kid because he's got a personality just like mine if you can kind of read between the lines there. Um, but yeah, dude, is there anybody you want to, you've been, you haven't seen or heard from for a while? You want to say, hey, Kansas John's still out here? Oh, man. Like I said, there's so many people. Probably my friend Matt Bengry. Uh, I lived in Illinois for a while too. And uh, he was like the only moped person I was near. And Bengri, Bengri is the best. Uh, people who are around during his era, I'm, I'm sure, are also equally fond of him. But I'll shout out, shout out Matt Bengri. Um, uh, gosh, there's oh Angel, uh, Angel from from everywhere, <laughs> Angel Sanders, uh, the the Minarelli Queen. Um, I think she's, I think she's still living in, she's, she's, she's in New Orleans. Um, Brendan Barons uh, from Mosquito Fleet. Crumpy, crumpy old Bob Barons holding it down out there still riding mopeds. Um, yeah, I'm I've just, John, met, I put John on the pressure spot and I was like, oh, I got to think of people before. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, there's just, I, I could just like list and list and list for days, but these are just, just, just folks who are kind of top of mind. Um, that I think of Jason Wadowski. Oh, Nathan, Nathan, ba- Nathan Bandit, Nathan Eversall. Both of those guys are from Bourbon Bandits back yeah. in the day. Um, Craig from Ghost Riders. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, oh, Kyle, Kyle from, uh, 
I think it's Kyle Johnson, who was in Ghost Riders and I think is in Kentucky now. Definitely want to give a shout out to him if he's listening. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, I want to, again, if you ever need anything, I realize I, I think I might have to start having more Minnesota people on because at the end of every podcast, I welcome everybody to my home. And if they're ever in Minnesota, they can stay here. And it kind of scares the shit out of me because if the casserolers ever have their rally, I got this scary feeling I'm going to have like <laughs> 75 to 100 people like, Jim, you said we could stay with you. Sure, yeah. why not? But um, yeah, dude, I want to thank you again for coming on. We'll maybe chit chat after the podcast a little, little bit. But John. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't forget, mopeds are dumb. Pads him down. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, my guy. Bye.